right. Welcome to Bedtime Stories for Paddlers podcast. I'm your host, Steve Barber. And on this podcast, we feature river stories from whitewater professionals such as kayakers, canoeists, river guides, swift water rescue pros, stand-up paddleboarders, and artists. Everyone has a story that will educate and entertain, and I know everyone has a bedtime story for us that will help our sphere of awareness grow and help us move with purpose down the river of life. Let's set shuttle and get this trip underway. I'm your TL, Steve Barber, and let's welcome our guest this evening on Bedtime Stories for Paddlers. Sam Hess. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, Steve Barber here. How you doing? Good. Awesome, dude. Hey, I'm doing a podcast called Bedtime Stories for Paddlers, and I was wondering, mm-hmm. I was wondering if you wanted to take a little moment and be on the show with us. Sure. Is it live right now, or no? It's not live, but it will be someday. Okay. Just not right now. <laughs> not right now. Oh yeah. Little sweet drop in. It's not the black crows or anything, but dude, there's still some stuff there. Yeah. Funky. <laughs> it is a little funky. How you doing, man? I'm good. Good. So I told good. you I'm doing a little little podcast just for like the whitewater community. People that are interested in whitewater and you know, um, you're my second guess. I just got done calling Blaine Daniel, and uh, oh, it's Blaine. He's doing well, man. He is doing really well, and uh, it was nice to catch up with him, and nice to think about Whitewater and where it's put us, and where it's you know gotten us. And uh, I'm sorry, but like where, where it's you know started us, and you know, just different things. And I thought there was just merit in, you know, archiving people's stories for, you know, whitewater. And you, you were one of the people that I was thinking of. And uh, I, I was wanting to see that, you know, if maybe you would just tell some of our listeners just like a little brief, you know, synopsis of like your whitewater background, you know, your, your whitewater credentials. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know about credentials, if I'd call it that necessarily. It's really been more of a journey. Yeah, your journey. Uh, that's a better way to put it. Actually, journey. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Summersville, um, home of the Golly, in home of Golly Fest. Yeah. And I was <clears throat> probably 18, uh, about to graduate high school, before I really realized that it was you know, I lived in the Mecca of the whitewater world. I had some semblance of knowing that, you know, people rafted the river, um, but I didn't know much about it, just never got into it. <clears throat> so uh, my parents bought some property on the top golly, uh, the golly river up above Summersville Lake, uh, just down from Curtin Bridge, and started kayaking up there. I actually started in an inner tube, just inner tube, <clears throat> just inner tubing the river. Yeah. And, uh, but one day we saw some dudes come down in a kayak, uh, in kayaks. It was like, you know, wow, that's a whole different way to navigate the river. And, and didn't, my brother, didn't they just look so cool? 
I mean, they the, did. dude, just in a kayak, you're kayaking, you're moving, you got your gear on, you look like a superhero. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like. Uh, you know, a big step up from what we were doing. We were going up to Lemons Exxon and Netty and buying inner tubes and getting them filled up up there. And then, you know, tube in the river, which uh, no life jackets, no helmets, no knowledge. Um, <laughs> just sort of thrown into it. But, uh, but yeah, just sort of <clears throat> snowballed from there. My brother, uh, he bought a kayak and Jeremy Groves and Shane Groves, both of those guys are still paddling, especially Shane. Shane's really, he's still just killing it. Yeah, um, Shane. Way to go. Yeah. So it started with those you dudes. Amen. You got to give Shane an amen, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not, he's one of the best paddlers in the state, if not the whole country. Um, yeah, he's up there. Kind of came right out of those same beginnings. And not long after that, uh, <clears throat> after my freshman year of uh, college at WVU, I started raft guiding. Of course, you remember that. You're definitely part of that tale. Yeah. Oh, and hey, let me back up. Shane had an incredible uh, article in AWA magazine, American Whitewater. So what that's that? out there. He he had an awesome article in uh, American Whitewater. It's in there. It's in back. I'm surprised you don't know of it. He, I think he even mentions you, dude. Oh yeah. 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 You, I'll have you, to check. Yeah, check on that. That might Shane's be a direction buddy. that we need to we need to follow up on. But there's a really nice article written by Shane uh, talking cool. about the the whitewater. But I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll check that out. Um, that's sort of ringing a bell to me now that you say that. It's been a long time. Yeah, you know, you got all those back copies. You know, probably around the toilet somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> underneath uh, the cabinet. If you got a man bathroom, it's it's definitely in there somewhere. Yeah, I probably do have it somewhere. But yeah, uh, growing up on the on the gully, the top gully with some property, mm -hmm. and then becoming a river guide with wild water. Wild water expedition. Yep. Yeah. What yeah. year? Do, what year do you think that was? I think that was ninety. I think it was the spring of ninety eight because I graduated in ninety seven. And it was after my freshman year of college. So that would have been like March of 1998. Nice. Showed up. Back uh, in the day, it was a Tuesday, I'm sure. Yeah. It's always a Tuesday. It's always a Tuesday. <laughs> so yeah, man. And uh, did that for all through college and then a couple of years after that. So College in Morgantown was, where you got to yeah, paddle other stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and that was a real um, defining moment for me. You know, WVU is, you know, I, I don't know, like there are probably places out west and whatever, but, yeah. you know, as far as the paddling school goes, it would really be tough to beat WVU. You've got the Upper Yacht that runs consistently, uh, the Big Sandy. and The Backyard you know, Run. Upper. Yeah, the Backyard Run. And, uh, you know, one of those, hardest class five streams in West Virginia runs right down into the middle of town. Yeah. That you can do uh, in between class. Hello. Deckers. Yeah. Deckers Creek. But, uh, you know, Deckers was one of those. I ran it some, but 
you know, that's a pretty tough stretch of water. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably more time on the big Sandy, uh, more than anything. And did a couple of, uh, summer school semesters and fired up upper Yaka bunch. And, uh, yeah, paddled a lot back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, you, like, and the cheat. You, you forgot about the cheat there. You yeah, the cheat, that for a long time. It's funny you say that about the cheat because I, I actually live on the cheat now. Yeah, um, nice. And that was sort of a, you know, so I did the raft guiding thing for a couple years after school and, uh, and then joined the Army and did five years at the 82nd. And when I came out, I went back to school, went to law school back at WVU and was really lucky uh, that first, like maybe the first or second week of classes um, when you're just sort of inundated and overwhelmed. I saw this dude with uh, racks on his car out in the parking lot. And I was like, hey, man, what do you got those racks on your car for? He's like, oh, I kayak. And I'm like, really? Well, I kayak too. And and, uh, so I was really fortunate to hook up with – James Fogarty in law school, and he and I uh, paddled a lot together as much as you can in law school. Yeah, I'm sure you still you still got your strokes in, bro. Yeah, we did. We definitely did. <laughs> Everybody at, at Morgantown does. <laughs> yeah, that's the Absolutely. beauty of going to school in Morgantown. You can still uh, go kayak in the the goods. Yeah, you're 45 minutes away from you know some of the best stuff. Uh, on the East Coast, you know, I mean, people come from D.C. every weekend to run the Upper Yawk, and that's like a three-hour journey. Yeah, uh, yeah. basically in your backyard at WVU. So, so that was cool. Um, and right out, so I graduated law school and uh, applied for a job in Preston County because I wanted to be close to the Big Sandy, and I was fortunate to get hired by a judge uh, as a law clerk, and then just. Um, you know, we planted our flag here uh, in Preston County. I live about five minutes from the Cheat River put in. And, uh, nice. you know, I can paddle the Narrows basically down right in front of my house, take out in front of my house and walk a couple hundred yards up the up the road to the house. Nice, dude. I got to yeah. get the coordinates on that, baby. I got to take out there. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, we're getting our kids out now. We've got a couple of rafts uh, in doing the narrows quite a bit. Just rafting the narrows. My oldest daughter, she's 14 now, and uh, I'm getting ready, I think, to put her in a kayak. I think she's about there. Um, but, you know, it's been good having the, the narrows basically in the backyard to, uh, to raft with them. So what would you say <laughs> your next trip is going to be? Do you think it's going to be on the narrows with your daughter? Like the next my, one, my, the, the next one that's going to happen. The first, first one out of all this winter, getting back to it. Where do you think the next one is going to be? Uh, it'll be on the big sandy with uh, probably Tyler Mayhew. He comes over a bunch from Martinsburg. Another guy I went to law school with. Nice. That will probably be the next trip. The icebreaker on the big sandy. Yeah, the icebreaker is kind of too bad. Today would have probably been, or yesterday, either one of those two days would have been the yeah. Back into it. I'll tell you, in my area, it was pretty windy. I don't know about your area, but it was beautiful yeah, outside. It was super windy today. I, I played golf in the afternoon. Man, you could, uh, you know, hit a nine iron or something, pitch it up high, and you could watch the wind blow the ball. <laughs> 300. Man, you hit that, that nine iron 300 drive. Wow. 
<laughs> well, sweet, man. That's going to be your next trip. So what do you think maybe in your mind or in your recollection of river trips? And I know there's a ton of them, but, but what sticks mm-hmm. out as like, you know, one of the best, one of the ones that, you know, you dream a good dream to, you know, one of the sweet kayaking trips in your mind. What is it? Oh man, that's a tough, that's it, a really tough. It uh, is a tough question. You don't got to you know, ponder on it too much, but you know, you have so many. What was, yeah. one of, what was one of the better ones that just is like sticks in there every time. Back in, this was probably like 2001 or 2002. Um, I was living in Fayetteville, uh, raft guiding and it was like a Friday or a Monday. So there, you know, the work sort of slacked off on Fridays and Mondays. It was usually Saturday and Sunday uh, for in golly season. And it was like a perfect 80-degree day, September, uh, not a lot of people on the golly. And Joey Beck and I went and demoed some boats from, I don't remember if it was Ace back then or whoever it was had them. But it was one of a, like a, 4.7, I think is the name of the boat. Just a little tiny play bait. And uh, we took that out on the golly. Uh, you know, we didn't have the golly to ourselves, but it was pretty close to that. And, uh, you know, bluebird sky. That was just a, that was a good day on the upper golly. I just, nice. I remember I, that day stands out if I was to, you know, pick like what was a great golly trip. Uh, I think some of my favorite runs some of my favorite runs had to be fish releases in the middle of the week on the upper yacht. Um, you know, catching those, you got a pretty short window cause the fish releases aren't as long. Uh, you know, so you kind of have to stay on the bubble. I've always liked to run the upper yacht that way. Just stay in the flow and go. Oh yeah. Which you you want to run do. out of wa- water. Yeah. You know, in the fish releases, you're more likely to get in front of the water and have to wait on it. Mm-hmm. So way that those go, but, the, the upper yacht's got its whole timing thing that you got to abide by. You can't get too fast. You can't get too slow. You got to be right on the bubble, man. It's got to be on deal. the bubble. Yeah, you got to be on the bubble. I'd rather be in front of the bubble than behind it, though. Yes, uh, yes. Been there a handful of times. Okay, so we heard... But, we, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just, you know, the fish releases on the upper yacht, you know, it was always just the local crew yeah. uh, for those. You didn't catch, you know, you go out there now on Saturdays in the summertime and it's like, <clears throat> man, it's like an interstate, you know, lots of traffic nowadays, but yeah, it's gotten just, a lot like more it. popular for sure. Yeah. Sweet. What is your first time that you were in a kayak? Uh, April of 1997. Wow. On the top golly was my first time. And who was and around I, you? What's that? Who was around you? And like, what were my you? Brother, what kind of boat and stuff? Uh, I was in a pirouette S. Nice. Yeah. 11 foot. Um, yeah. On the, I'd say it was April of uh, 97. It was my senior year of high school, right before, right before graduation. And I should have uh, should have probably experimented some in flat water uh, before. And I'm sure you had all the appropriate gear, you know, the the good dry top and and all that. 
didn't even know what a dry top was for a couple weeks. <laughs> you had a PFD, you had a helmet, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I had a PFD and a helmet. An old blue, like, it wasn't even a high float, but it sort of looked like one. In a red Protec helmet. Nice. And fleece, like fleece jackets, that's what we wore. We didn't have any splash tops or anything. Yeah, you it would have made any. You roll over, you're going to be a little bit chilly. I mean, anyway, I mean, we didn't know how to roll. Oh, we man. we knew we knew that there, some people knew how to roll kayaks, but we didn't have this. That that came later. Yeah, much later. But you still caught the bug, man. How is that possible? You can get beat up on a river, and be you know almost coming in to you know a handful of swims. You're like, man, I almost died, and then you're like, I love this. <laughs> I absolutely love kayaking i gotta i gotta learn more how does that happen i think it's a combination of a few things i mean i think some people you know and you, you saw this raft guiding for sure like there are some people that are just comfortable with it and some people who are terrified of it and if you're not terrified of it and you can have some semblance of being comfortable in the water i think kayaking is just grabs a hold of you because you're down in a place that you know very few people ever see the world through that lens mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're right down in the midst of it um, there's the adrenaline aspect but you just you, you know you just get to go and go places and do things that it's way off the beaten beaten path yeah few people get to see and you're like a surgeon in there I mean when you get good and you can move and you can do the things that you need to do the kayak enables you to you know, perform these precise moves at the right time to get to where you need to go. And now you're, you know, you're navigating the river like it wants to be paddled and you're, you're, you're a boater. It, it grabs you. Yeah. The kayak yeah, is a magical thing. And then there's the raft that pays for your addiction. The yeah. And it can, you know, rafting can be, its own form like i've really gotten to where i like to just go rafting about as much as i like to go kayaking you know the thing about kayaking it's it, i mean there's a degree of it that is like riding a bike but it, the timing and everything if you're not doing it you know real consistently it's tough to uh you know stay up to where you can you know run class five all yeah you're, you get dull, man. I went from yeah. hard boater to soft boater. <laughs> I know you get a feeling. I definitely understand that feeling. Yeah, every winter I'm I'm soft boater, like tofu. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then you just got to get back at it, and it's always harder to get back. You know what? You get older, and the river always keeps getting harder. You know, yeah, For some reason. I remember, you know, paddling the upper yacht commercially and, you know, you start taking different inches up there and it's big amplification, you know, and I remember going down the river and coming through, um, back ender and it was two six and Roger Zabel is like eddied out and I'm hustling, you know, and Roger Zabel is just like, Steve, Barber, it's not 1-8. You got to paddle. 
<laughs> you know, yelling at me out of the air. I'm like, I know I am. I'm battling my butt off, dude. Uh, but of course, him, you know, he's Mr. Clean up there at every single water level you can imagine. But uh, he definitely saw me flailing, trying to keep up with all my boats that I had to keep up with up there. But the moral of that story, what I was getting at is, man, you keep getting older, but the river always keeps getting kind of harder. And it, mm-hmm. it, I guess it always stays the same, but your level of ability to navigate on it diminishes. Yeah. Yeah. So this will be this year coming up will be 23 years wow. that I've been past. And, uh, you know, there was a big push at the beginning of that to run harder and harder stuff. And then, you know, like life and jobs and kids and stuff like that oh, sort yeah. of slow you down. And, uh, I don't do. know that I desire that push to even get back to that. I don't know that I need it anymore. Yeah, like, I'm with you there. <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, when you were doing your stuff, I, I was right there beside of you. So I, I can kind of, I think I can speak for you as well on this, but we were standing on the shoulders of giants and boating some big stuff that people knew intimately that we were just like riding on their coattails, following them. And uh, got to know it that way, but it kind of put us in to bigger whitewater than the normal, you know, not superhuman person probably should have done at the time when they're starting out boating. Would you agree? Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Um, you know, I think Fayetteville in particular sort of had a, you know, you had the lower new, and then the lower golly, and then the upper golly, and then. You know, you know, that upper is a hard river in its own right, but it's a river. You know, they're big lawns, uh, and it's not too hard to be on those lawns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then after that, you know, the next step up is like the lower meadow and in, in Man's Creek. There's not really anything in between those two things, and that's a huge jump. Yeah, uh, it is extreme jump. Mar- the oh, yeah, the learning curve. You know, going from like what. Um, Big water to creaking in Fayetteville is is extreme opposites. Yeah, absolutely. And then going up to school in Morgantown and being able to utilize the Yakagani, the Big Sandy, that's like the buffer, get you ready for the the stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I I would not have been able to, uh, you know, make that jump without, uh, you know, having the Big Sandy and the Upper Yak where, I really feel like that was the training ground, Um, you know, those two. But, yeah, definitely lots of people had paid their dues on, you know, a lot of those things, Upper Blackwater, Lower Meadow, Man's Creek, you know, spent a lot of time with it and really, really got to know it. And, uh, you know, without having those people around, it would have made those runs really difficult to uh, to get on. I mean, you know, just – they're, they're class five rivers, but, you know, it's class five through the perspective of someone who knows where they need to be. Yeah, you might not have come back, you know, because getting beat on up there, it, it doesn't make you feel like, you know, all warm and fuzzy coming back and, you know, searching by Braille on the next one. Yeah, yeah. I remember my last trip on the Lower Meadow, and this was, I don't know, man, 
point, summer 2012 or summer 2013. I, I don't remember, but anyway, James Fogarty, uh, my buddy from law school, he was living in Accident, Maryland, uh, working over in the Grantsville area. And uh, the the meadow was running. It was a weekend, summer day. I'm like, dude, let's get down and pop on the meadow. And he had never done it. And I'm like, you know, I've done the lower meadow 75, 80 times, maybe 100. I don't know, a bunch uh, from living down there. Well, that was like, you know, the pre-flood lower meadow. And then it changed a little bit in the flood of 03. Uh, I sort of got tied up with the Army and law school after that. So I hadn't hadn't been back down there. <clears throat> and we went down and uh, got on the meadow and uh, ended up having a pretty crappy day. Uh, I got offline at Let's Make a Deal, ended up swimming. and uh, That's a juicy drop. Path. Yeah, that was. It, yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, I think my problem was, I just hadn't been down there for a while and I took it for granted that, you know, it was just going to be like, you know, putting, putting the same baseball glove back on your hand. It wasn't. (laughs) Complacency, (laughs) complacency. (laughs) Had a real, uh, you know, humbling experience with that. Yeah. Still looking for that paddle out there. If anybody. Shout out Sam's paddles on there. Give a look. Lower meadow. Yep. It's probably got your name on there too. I doubt it. I was never real. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, those are all extremely worthy bedtime stories for us tonight on this March 29th. And man, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being a guest on our, uh, on our show here. Yeah, man. Pleasure, pleasure to hear from you. And uh, let's try and do some paddling this year. That is on the list for sure. And thank you for the invite. I love being able to take out off the cheat, dude. Especially, yeah. I'm in family mode. And uh, being able to get the family on with my friends and k- keep the lineage going, that's that's the mode I'm in. Yeah, summertime cheating errors. <clears throat> it's hard to beat that. warm water clear Mm -hmm. clear water take the mask go out and like you know see the crawdads pick them up that's exactly how we do it you doing any crawdad fries no oh man those are good well not fries but boils you know you boil them up no all right buddy never never pick them out oh okay well that's for the future but thank you yeah. so much, Sam. And it's great touching base with you. And uh, tell everybody I said hi. And thanks again, man, for giving us a sweet bedtime story. Oh, yeah, no problem, Steve. Good to hear from you, man. Likewise. Peace, bro. Buddy. Thank you so much, Sam Hess, for being a part of the podcast this evening. And thank you to all our listeners out there. It's our intention to archive stories from the whitewater paddling community. And we look forward to talking more with kayakers, raft guides, canoeists, so far rescue pros, stand-up paddleboarders, and artists. I hope this collection of education will increase our sphere of awareness on the river and help us move with purpose on our journey downstream. Thank you, everyone, and sweet dreams.